today's Reducing Harvest Losses podcast. I'm your host, Joe Fullwood. On our first episode this year, we spoke to Meriden grower Mick McGuinness about the use of a feed storm auger, which he has found to be a solution to harvest blockages, particularly in canola. Well, today we're following up on this topic and I'm chatting to Scott Angwin, who farms north of Dumbleyung, and like Mick, he's also fitted a feed storm auger to his header front. Well, welcome to the program, Scott. Now, farming in the Dumbleyung region, my guess is that bigger canola crops are the norm rather than the exception. So have header blockages been a major challenge for you? Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Um, particularly if the crop was a bit patchy or had some holes in it, uh, it would cause uh, some fluffing up and then you get lends itself to getting blocked with the unevenness of the feeding, yeah. And what does that mean in terms of harvest uh, grain losses or, or even harvest efficiencies? Uh, probably mostly harvest efficiencies because obviously when you're stopped and clearing blocks, you, you're not doing anything. Um, and then you tend to drive a bit more cautiously, so you're probably not getting your machine to capacity. Uh, losses would be, there would be some effect on losses in the fact that you're getting some uneven feeding, yeah. Now, so your solution to those large biomass crops causing blockages was the um, addition of a feed storm auger on your front. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's what we hoped for when you got it, and um, it certainly performed pretty well. Okay, so you used it last year um, for the first season? Yes, we did, yeah. And can you explain to me how the feed storm works? Uh, It's very similar to a traditional top auger that... McDonald or John Deere or any of the other brands um, provide you with for harvesting bulky crops such as canola. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Except these, is it the feed storm top auger? Is it's a larger diameter, so and there's a greater depth in the flighting, so it has more ability to grab the crop. And it also has electric actuators, which gives the operator the opportunity to adjust, move it forward, up and down on the go to find that sweet spot to give you your best feeding. Okay, and the operator, did you find he was getting in and out of the cab less because you had the feed storm fitted, so less blockages? Yeah, definitely, yep. No, it was um, certainly gave gave us a lot of um, extra efficiencies and with the big crop, as you mentioned earlier on, we were pretty nervous going into that with our original setup so this performed well into our expectations yeah one thing is that uh i had a a traditional top auger on for i think my front was three years i did three years with it with a with a macdon one that was on there and you could just see a little bit of paint wearing off and the feed storm within 100 hectares uh the center part of it where it does most of its work was down to the undercoat pretty much a third of the way along already so that proves to me that it's actually down in the crop and actually moving it and working whereas the other one is probably just spinning around in fresh air most of the time did you fit it yourself yeah we did yeah so no no help from primary sales uh they had to pop down and help out because we had uh something was set up a bit wrong in the initial setup that um they, they come and sorted that pretty easily but it wasn't it wasn't hard to install onto your current equipment no, not really. It was uh, just a bit of uh, bit of welding a couple of brackets on and and uh, bolting and just obviously the first time I've done one, so a bit of figuring out, but no real rocket science. 
So is canola the only crop that you use a feed storm for? Uh, we ran it for our barley and oats, well, all the crops, but some of those, when they were a bit bulkier, it might have had a, a bit of a helping effect with it, but most the, the advantage would be the canola. So you just leave it on for all of your different crops. You don't have to put it on and take it off. No, no none of the top augers would be taken off during the season. But this one has the added advantage that you can lift it up and pull it back out of the way if you don't want to use it or you can run it lower to, to get a bene- more benefit out of it than the others because you, you, because you can move it around. Okay, so you also use something called an aerial. T- talk to me about that. What, what does that do and how has that been of benefit? Yeah, well, that's, um, that's more for your light crops, which um, we try not to grow in this area. But um, we bought that for our lupin program to help get the pods into the front, which is grain loss, pod loss in lupins is always a, a um, costly exercise, especially when we have no sheep, so no benefit to be putting them on the ground. I want to talk about the Bushel Plus. Do you use a Bushel Plus drop tray system? Yeah, we've had one for three years, I think, now. And what are your thoughts on that? How, how is it working in terms of grain losses and, and the improvements that you're making to your machine? Um, I, I guess it puts figures, kilos lost to the operator so that they can make decisions on adjustments, whether they're improving the grain loss with adjustments or making it worse, or maybe you're not lost, not throwing enough grain out that you can start driving the header faster or harder. So it just another tool that saves grain loss and builds in efficiencies with um, the expensive gear that headers are these days. Were you measuring before the feed storm was put on your front? Yes, we were, yep. And what sort of losses were you seeing? Uh, the feed storm's not so much about saving losses. Um, it's more about the feeding and the evenness of the feed and and not stopping. Okay, so what sort of adjustments did you make once when you started measuring using the Bushel Plus? What sort of adjustments did you make, um, or, or what sort of losses were you seeing, and what improvements did you make? Oh, uh, yeah, varies during the day and the different crops. I'd have to get my book out to have a look at all the numbers, but uh, it's it is significant, um, and you could you could easily pay for your bushels plus ten or fifty times over in a year. That's um, good to hear. What sort of rainfall zone are you in, Scott? Yeah, it's meant to be 400 annual rainfall, about 280 or something winter winter growing season. Yeah. And how's it looking this year? Yeah, pretty good. We've had a little bit of a bit of a dry patch through end of April, early May, but once that, uh, I think it was 10th or 11th of May, we had a rain. It's uh, since then it's been pretty well spot on. So you, you could be looking down the barrel of another season with some really large biomass canola crops, is that correct? Yeah, some of them. Some of the early ones that got away um, early have, but some of the later ones, uh, they're just going to be a sort of standard canola crop. But we are growing hybrids, which do bulk up pretty pretty large. So, yeah, hopefully there'll be plenty of biomass, yeah. Well, thanks for chatting to me today, Scott. Good luck for the rest of the season. This podcast has been brought to you by Primary Sales and is for information purposes only. Visit Primary Sales online at primarysales.com.au.